Hello, everybody. I'm Nick, host of the Beer Got Me Here podcast. We virtually crossed the border to the U.S. to chat with Mike Zoller, a Chicago, Illinois-based online journalist with PorchDrinking.com, who has a large social media following revolving around craft beer. It was a fun chat with Mike, learning about the Chicago craft beer scene. Beer Got Me Here podcast presents episode two of the Rolling Hops Beer Tour series. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another collab with the Beer Got Me Here podcast, as well as with your collab hosts, Garrett and Andy from Rolling Hops Beer Tours. So we have an awesome guest for you today. We have Mike Zoller. So Mike is the Midwest Regional Editor for PorchDrinking.com, a beer blog with the purpose of promoting the craft beer industry through great storytelling. So PorchDrinking.com aims to serve as a resource to the craft beer industry while still upholding the industry's culture of community, camaraderie, and passion for the craft. So Mike has written a plethora of blog posts keeping the world up to speed on the thriving craft beer scene in and around Chicago. He is also very active on social media, to say the least, creating quite a fun and entertaining beer persona. Be sure to follow him on Instagram for lots of fun beer-related content. So along with beer, Mike has a background in sports journalism. Being an avid Chicago sports fan, Mike wrote very romantically back in 2012, the week before the NFL and college football season begun. And I quote, I told my girlfriend two weeks ago that I wanted to spend the entire weekend with her. <laughs> Just the two of us doing whatever she wanted. She nearly had tears in her eyes. At the end of the weekend, I let her know I would be busy for the next six months. So without further ado, we welcome Mike Zoller to the Beer Got Me Here podcast. Hey, Mike. <laughs> Bravo on that research there. That is impressive. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. The internet is a wonderful thing. It really is. Now I wonder what else I've written that's out there that I forgot about. Yeah, there's actually one little thing. I hate to be nitpicky. I noticed it says in your bio, it says you're waiting for waiting for the day for the, the Cubs to win a World Series. Isn't that funny? And I was like, you don't have to Man. win anymore. Yeah, that buy was probably written like in 2012. Mm -hmm. And I just have never changed it. Um, <laughs> I've, I've thought about it. I even asked our design editor uh, who, who handles all that stuff like, hey, can I change this? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And I just never have. Um, so yeah, it's still, that's what I was thinking back in 2012. It's an artifact now. It's a Absolutely. piece of history. So well, like, it's a, it, it says there that you currently work at the Northwestern University Athletic Department. Is that is that? Yep, that's not that true okay. anymore. <laughs> 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 hasn't been for six years. So yeah, it's, it's, at the time that was true. Um, yeah, nothing has been updated. I probably after this I will go. Well, I'll let it stay. So if anyone listens to this, they can go see it for themselves, and then in yeah. six months I'll change it or I'll forget. <laughs> yeah, either or. Well, Mike, why don't you give us just a quick. I, I probably missed out on a lot. So maybe just a little bit of your, about yourself in terms of your, your history with beer, as well as um, a little bit more about porchdrinking.com. Yeah, I mean, I think my history with beer is probably pretty common back in the days, you know, college drinking, Keystone and Natty Light, like Coors Light was that, that special beer in our fraternity house. That was in the VIP room, right? The Coors Light was like, if you were cool enough to be in that room, you could drink Coors. Um, after college, came back to Chicago, and the, the craft beer scene back in 2011, 2012 was just beginning. I think Chicago had probably eight or nine craft breweries, and uh, that's kind of leads into porch thinking. So I went to school at Miami University, and a bunch of us who were on the school paper together, we all went our separate ways, Denver, Chicago, D.C., forget the other city, um, Columbus. And um, Tristan Chan, who is the founder of Porch Thinking, sent us a message saying like, hey, I want to keep writing. Uh, craft beer is getting pretty big in Denver. Who wants to start a beer blog? That's pretty much the gist of it. And I was like, I got nothing going on. So I'll write and I'll cover sports. 
because we originally launched as like that all lifestyle, you know, music and, and pop culture and sports and beer. And so I actually covered sports for probably the first year um, at Portrait and didn't touch beer. Had no idea, I mean, really didn't know how big it was. And about a year into it, I was like, eh, I'm gonna throw this out here. No one's really reading us for sports. Like we are doing really well with beer. Chicago is starting to get a better scene here. We started to see a, a little bit of growth in 2012. And I was like, maybe I should cover this. And that's just kind of how it started. And from there, you start talking to breweries, you go to them, you start drinking, you find out what you like. And what is it, nine years later, here we are, Porch Drinking. I think we have over 100 writers and throughout the country. We publish two or three stories every day, Monday through Friday. Chicago is the beer center. I'll say Chicagoland because that's so much more than the city. But Chicagoland has the most breweries per capita in the U.S., and it's it's crazy. It's it's such a fun industry to cover. There's a lot of things that have recently come out that are not fun, but need to be addressed and talked about. But, you know, I think beer can be fun. And beer is this cultural part of, you know, the community that is, is so cool. And it's been awesome to cover it, watch breweries grow, watch people move other, you know, to other breweries and, and really kind of um, expand as they go through this industry. So it's it's been great. And again, I know saying that in the what's happened the last couple of weeks is, you know, I think it's important we're having those conversations right now, mm -hmm. but something else. Sure. So porch drinking is not like, where is it actually? So you're the, you're the Chicago guy in terms of like, mm -hmm. you're the editor and, and like head writer, I suppose, for the, for the Midwest. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think now we've expanded. Like obviously we have a great team here in Chicago and honestly, I probably don't write as much as I used to write. Um, so we have, I want to say probably seven, eight writers in Chicago right now. Wow. And then we, we, we started branching out a little bit. We, we have people in, in Michigan, in St. Louis, in Minnesota. Uh, I don't think we have anyone in Indiana. We have no one in Wisconsin right now. I think we might've gotten someone in Wisconsin, but, um, I'm still writing probably about two stories a month where back in the day, it was probably like five or six stories a month. Uh, obviously, I think the pandemic has changed quite a bit, right? There's not as many events and releases and, and whatnot, but we've kind of shifted our, our coverage to be more about the industry and more about, you know, not just beer releases, but what's behind the beer? Who's behind the beer? What is, you know, what is that beer doing for the industry? Um, there's so many great causes out there. You know, the uh, things we don't say IPA is, is one that is all around right now that's kind of promoting, talking about mental health. But there, there's so much out there to cover that's not just festivals and events. I think COVID did kind of make a shift a little bit in that direction. I'm curious, actually, like just the fact that, you know, you like you said, you're not writing as much. But when you were writing or maybe with, you know, the, the writers that you're working with, when you're going out to start covering a craft beer story, you know, how does that start? I'm always kind of been curious. Like, where do you look? What are, there, are, you, are you following trends? What, what does that look like? You know, it could be almost anything, right? Um, we just had a writer who was like, hey, you know, how many breweries in the Chicagoland area have two locations? And we're like, you know, that's actually coming up more and more. So we talked to all the breweries that had two locations and did a story on that. And it's just like one of the things, it's really interesting to see that kind of expansion in such a big city to have multiple location breweries. I think we have like six or seven now. And so that was just interesting. I did a piece back in February, maybe March on the Black IPA. It was coming back. I was really curious about it. I was like, you know what? I want to do a deep dive. And so I actually talked outside of Chicago. I talked to um, Doug Willicke at, at Revolution. I talked to Matt Brindelson from Firestone Walker. And I just started talking to other people. I talked to a uh, land grant in, in Ohio because I was really interested in the style. And so I just wanted to learn more about it because it's coming back. Why is it coming back? Um, how are these breweries going to keep use, uh, keep doing it throughout? Because it used to be so popular back in the day, 2015, Black IPs were everywhere year round. Now they're seasonal. And, and so you just, you, you get something that you're interested in and you start talking to people about it. And I think that's, what's really cool about the, you know, the craft beer industry is that people will talk to you. They're, they're really proud of what they do. And I, I think Portugal has a really good name and, you know, kind of that really good connotation is like, Hey, we're, we're good people. We like to cover the industry and, and have a good time doing it. And they'll talk to us. I like that you brought up the black IPA because that's the one that I read first when I was looking through, uh, what is it? Porchdrinking.com. Mm -hmm. I'm still, uh, so I've never brought this up uh, throughout my podcast. I've only started this in January and um, I consider myself still a beginner because I've only ever really enjoyed craft beer 
just as somebody going into the breweries or going into pubs and restaurants and ordering specifically craft beer, because I, I want to, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, just support local is, is the idea or, or support anywhere. Most of the places around here is, uh, is Ontario or Quebec. And sometimes there'll be some international, but I like to support the local stuff. And over the years I've been learning about, because you think as a beginner, you know, you know about the Pilsners, you know about the ales and lagers and IPAs, but then I came across black IPA. The first, the first time I've heard, I might've come across it, but the first time I've really known about it is a couple of days ago, looking through the article black IPA thinking, what is this? Why have I never seen it? And now I don't know if it's a localized thing because when I read yours and it seems so popular in certain areas, I don't know if it's ever really been popular in the Ottawa or Quebec region. So it's very interesting. And I'd like to know more about black IPAs and, and a lot of other beer that I apparently don't know about as a beginner. I think that's what's really cool is, you know, the craft beer industry, it's growing. There's so many people getting into it now because it's much more approachable. It's not just, it's funny, because it's not just lagers and, and, and pilsners and what people think when you drink lager, that's like, this is what I think beer should taste like. There's so much, so much variety now. And, and I love to poke fun at milkshake IPAs. You know, if you've seen my content on Instagram, I do, um, but, but they, they, are, great, they are good. <laughs> they, they are good for the industry. I, I have no qualms with any style whatsoever, except for exploding beer. Um, that's not a style. That's a fault. But, but I think it's so cool that there's so much you can do with beer now. And, and black IPA is really interesting. Um, it, from what, from, from the, uh, the research I did for the piece, the takeaway was it has a very small but vocal fan base. So people love them, but it's small. And so you can't have them year-round because they, they are really are seasonal beers. They're good fall to early winter beers. They're a little bit heavier. They, they're still hoppy like an IPA, but they're, they drink very similar to like a stout. And you know, they, they went away for a long time because they're more expensive to make. They take a little bit longer to brew, but they're really good. And I think it's true. I think Doug said this best, you know, it's like, you have to let them go away. So people want them when they come back. And so I think black, black IPA is a great style. I think Saison's another style that people will eventually get into They're when they're done well, and this is probably true for any style, when they're done well, they're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's like a style that you don't hear about too often, but I really think people will start to get into Saison's. And that's actually my next deep dive uh, for a style is, is the saison because I think it's a, it's such an awesome style of beer. So with your connections with other people, do you notice that if there's like like I said earlier, I don't know about black IPAs because I when around the year that I think you said 2015 about the black IPAs, I've that's around the time that I've peaked going to other breweries. I've never heard of it, so I don't know if it's a, a localized thing. Do you ever hear about that of certain style of beer being more localized anywhere else? I think at this point, I I don't see a lot of localization of styles. I see little like tweaks here and there. Um, But I think craft beer has just become so widespread is that we don't see like a specific region, kind of like, I don't like barbecue, right? Like different regions of barbecue have like their types of sauce. And like, if you go to Austin, it's this type of sauce in North Carolina, it's this, we don't see that so much. Uh, you know, obviously the New England IPA is really just turned into hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Someone actually asked me the other day, is like, why is it called New England? I'm like, well, they kind of started there, but you can call it New England. You can call it hazy. You can call it double, you know, d- double dry hop, although that's not necessarily meaning it's hazy. But, um, you know, I, I don't think there's as much localization now. I just think that as people start to see new styles, and, and, I, and here's what I hope. I hope that as people see new styles, they'll be interested and try it. Um, you know, that, that's my philosophy is try everything like what you like and don't drink what you don't like. Not every beer style out there is, is going to be for everyone. Right. I, I, I don't like smoked beers. I, I'll try one every single time. We have dovetail here in the city. They make classic European styles, love dovetail. I don't like their smoked beers, but I don't like smoked beers. So I hope that as people get into the industry or into not the industry, as they get into craft beer, they will try a lot. And, and I think, that is sometimes my concern with hazies and milkshakes is people just sit on that, those two styles. I think this is craft beer when there's just so much to try and it might not be every style for, for them, but branch out a little bit because there's some really cool things happening right now. So cool. You mentioned um, like that 
Chicago, I didn't know that Chicago has the most per capita breweries, you said, in Chicago land, I guess. Does that encompass, yeah. that's like the greater <laughs> area, right? Yeah, the, when, when we read the article, I forgot who actually did the article. When we read the article and we looked at the boundaries they drew for that, they were probably a little um, generous with what is Chicago land. Uh, <laughs> they went pretty far south of the city. But you know what, we're going to take it. We'll call it, you know, we're going to say it. This, this article, this, whoever did the research said that Chicago has the highest cap, uh, per capita. So we'll just run with that. But we also are acknowledging that it's very, very generous. Very generous. Well, that's fine. Well, how much, do you know the number? Crackery? Oh, God, I don't. Um, last time I checked in Chicago itself, there was 78. Wow. But that probably changed. Like, it's probably changed since yesterday. I, I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, I see new breweries opening up or I hear about them. Like, oh, I didn't even know that happened. And, and they're like, oh, are you going to come to our opening? Like, who are you? Like, I'm, I'm curious, but like, I just have no idea. I, I, before COVID, I go to a beer fest, I'll see like, who's that on the placard? Like, and like, oh, we're just down the street. I'm like, no idea. So it's fun to learn. But yeah, I, I think we were at 78. <laughs> Don't quote me on the number, but we we're right around there in Chicago. That's a lot. I think, um, yeah, I think in Toronto, in the GTA, we say like the greater Toronto area. I think the last time I checked, yeah, it was about like 59. So that's, that's quite that's pretty good i mean it's fine but you, i mean you like, a one a week and still not even get to all of them in a year sure, sure. <laughs> no it's it's sizable and it's fine but chicago, that's a lot for for a city i mean toronto and chicago i think are almost identical in population so that's pretty impressive that's a and lot then you, and then you go outside the city and you have so many more and, yeah. and within a 45 minute drive yeah i guess I'll, I'll ask another quick one like is there Garrett and I were, we do our beer tours throughout the city and there's particular neighborhoods throughout Toronto that really do just for whatever reason, for a few different reasons, it, they attract the growth of craft breweries. And a lot of that has to do with like a couple neighborhoods are more like they're post-industrial neighborhoods. You have larger uh, infrastructure to allow for a craft brewery mm -hmm. to be established. Like, can you tell us a little bit about like some neighborhoods just maybe if someone were to travel to Chicago, which we would love to do um, eventually, like some of the neighborhoods, particularly the areas of the city that are just like, that are known to be synonymous with, with craft beer and craft breweries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm trying to make sure I don't get the names wrong of all the areas, but we, we have like a couple of like spots where there's like five or six breweries all within walking distance. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm trying to make sure I don't. Is it the Malt Row is in like the Ravenswood area. And that's where you'll find Dovetail, Beguile, Hot Butcher is going to take over Half Acres, Lincoln Avenue location, Empirical. They're right there. You go a little bit north. That's where you have Half Acre Balmoral. They're, they're now well, soon to be their only spot. They're big production brewery. You'll have Spiteful over there. You go to the west side of the city. That's where you have Goose Island, Ontour. Great Central, uh, District Brewery Yards. Oh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget people now. Oh, Midwest Coast. And then you go a little bit to West Loop and you have Cruz Blanca and you have Haymarket. And then, so like, those are two areas. And I'm probably already missing some other people in there, but those are two areas that are pretty populated. But um, you can go just about any place in the city and probably be within five minutes of a brewery. Logan Square has a bunch of breweries. Hopewell is one of my favorites. Pipeworks someday is going to open their tap room there. Uh, Mars just opened a, a second location. But yeah, I think anywhere you go in Chicago, you can probably be within a five-minute drive of a brewery. I really think that. Know your city's doing something right. When you <laughs> can go five minutes either way and hit a craft brewery. That is, that is what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Yeah. When, um, when, when COVID first hit, I did a whole like, if you're going to do curbside beer pickup, right? Here are routes you can take to hit like multiple breweries within 30 minutes. And I started doing this. I was like, I was able to get like, I think nine breweries within a 30 minute drive. And people were and like, I, I posted it, I posted great. It's like, hey, here's where you can go. And like go once a week and try. Every route had at least five breweries on it. I think we had nine different routes you could take hmm. to hit up. And some breweries overlapped, you know, you have Revolution has a couple of locations, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to see just how easy it is to do curbside and hit up so many breweries without, you know, going too far. You mentioned Goose Island too. Goose Island's originally from Chicago, right? They are, yeah. Yeah, like they, they're, they're an interesting entity because they're, they're actually, funnily enough, my wife is actually from Sao Paulo, Brazil. There's actually a Goose Island in Brazil as there well. There is, yes. And there's one in Toronto too, I think, right, Gary? Yeah, down on the promenade, I think. 
I was at that. I was at that one last year, I think. Yeah, they're they're wild. Like I don't know it. Like what's another brewery that's that that like a craft brewery? It's it's not too far away from the uh, distillery district, no. No, it's it's right. It's very close. It's like right there. Super close. It's just just down the street, pretty much. I mean, Goose Island was probably that first brewery to be acquired by a big, you know, macro, and then it made news, right? Uh, AB and Bev bought Goose twenty. 14 uh, they were bought out I, okay. yeah they're they, they bought out and, and i think people outside of chicago see that as being bought out and it's like okay goose is now big beer but for people in the city when you can have all the small batch stuff out of the fulton and wood brewery that's where they make all these you know these really good small batch beers it's great and i have a lot of friends at goose i've uh i've worked with you know i've worked with them for years um and and i'm one where beer is a business. I truly believe if you can be bought for that much money and, and sell, absolutely do it. And I have no problems with that. And, you know, did things change at Goose? Yeah, of course they did, right? Um, 312, Green Line, all those, they're not made in Chicago anymore. But those aren't the beers that I drink all the time. Um, you know, I'll have a 312 every now and then if it's available at a baseball game. Sorry, that's my notifications going off here. Let me put a little do not disturb on. But um but yeah, I mean, it, it, there, there's so much good that Goose does, I think, um, for the, you know, for the uh, craft beer scene, right? They help supply people. They launch so many careers. They actually do a Goose family tree in Chicago and see so many head brewers who came from Goose Island. But um, yeah, they definitely have that AB and Bev vibe of, you know, of, um, with them actually being bought out. There was a whole book to Josh Noel, the beer writer for the Tribune, wrote. Very, very good book. I, I enjoyed it. Talking about the sale and what happened before and after. What's the t- what's the title of the book? Um, Goose Island Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. That's I gotta look that up. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. confirm that, but yes. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> they have Bourbon County Stout, right? Um, which is the first barrel aged beer, very well known. So that's that's kind of where they got it. Let's see here. Um, barrel Age. I'm just gonna confirm that. I'm pretty sure Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. I say that. Yes, Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. I was like. <laughs> said selling out like i really hope that's the title but it is yeah Uh Um, it's a good point though i like that you brought that up because you know even though they were bought out by anheuser bush and you know they still have roots right the roots were craft beer and and i like that you you put that spin on it you know they they do a lot of great things for craft even though they are seen as big macro beer guys um but yeah everyone sort of labels companies that you know sell out to as like uh, big guys and now they're the enemy but there is a lot behind it, right? Like the roots of it, they do good things. So I like that you put that spin on it. So that's nice to hear. Yeah, I think I think it's easy to go down the route. You know, I don't support them. They're big beer. People do that. And so, you know, if that's their if that's their prerogative, fine. You don't have to drink it. Let's move on. Um, but yeah, like if not, enjoy it. And let's just enjoy beer for what it is. But the, the stuff coming out of Fulton Wood, like when, when people say I'm coming to Chicago, where should I go? I always recommend going to Goose Island. Go to the original, you know, go to Fulton and Wood. That's the production brewery. You can try stuff that you won't try anywhere else. Don't get a 312. Don't get a green. Like that stuff you can get it in your hometown. Try try stuff that, you know, you can't get. For sure. No, I think that is a, such an interesting phenomenon, particularly with craft beer. It's kind of like, it's kind of, it's, it doesn't relate to a lot of other things in terms of, yeah, once like you want to get big, you're, you're owning and operating a business, you want to grow, grow or die. That's all. That's, that's how you survive and sustain yourself. But, but yeah, you get too, too big and you lose this cool, trendy title of a craft brewery potentially. Like it's kind of like, it's weird to relate that to other industries. Like maybe like if you're an artist, like, yeah, you're selling out but like, if you take that in sports, like, oh, you went to the NHL, you should have stayed in the minors, man. Like, it doesn't, it's kind of a weird phenomenon. I mean, Ballast Point was bought for a billion dollars. If you can tell me with a straight face, you would turn down a billion dollars. <laughs> I guess you're more strong-willed than I am, but I can't imagine anyone, I would sell in a second. I wouldn't even think twice. And I'd probably sell for less than a billion dollars. But if you came to me and offered me a billion dollars for my brewery, yeah, I'm selling. I'm sorry. Like I, I'll go start another brewery with the billion dollars. Yeah. I was just gonna <laughs> say you can start up another one. You can start up two or three. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Now, now that was a gross overvaluation. Um, <laughs> as they got sold for much, 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 much less. Uh, it was kind of a couple of years ago, but mm. um, 
but still, like, Guzan was not bought for, I think, I forgot what they said Guzan was bought for, but Ballast Point for a billion was, like, the first, like, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. That's insane. I would love to know what Guzan went sold for. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I saw it. I'm sure it's probably in that book. I think uh, it actually wasn't. Can I get that book? I, I, don't, I don't think it's actually been released, <laughs> but I think... I think people are saying like between two and two fifty, uh, two two hundred and two hundred fifty million. But don't again, don't quote me on that one. But it's 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 like there's rumors out there. We don't have to stay with Gusan, but do you know like did they expand internationally after that? Like yeah, or did they, yeah, so they, yeah, yeah. That, that's a post purchase thing. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They they would have never had the ability to expand like they did. And the actually learning from the book, AB InBev, there was a, a big Brazilian connection with AB InBev, and that's why they were in Sao Paulo. Um, and then just, I mean, they're, they're everywhere now. They have all kinds of tap rooms. I think it's kind of cool actually to bring craft beer to, I think they're, they're in China, London, Sao Paulo. I, I didn't even know they had one in Toronto. So that's mm. cool that they're there. And then of course, Chicago, they have one in Philadelphia and I think there's one more I'm forgetting. I still support Goose Island. Uh, when I go to the cottage, that's usually my 12 pack that I bring. It's actually not enough. <laughs> Depends on how long you're going for. Like if you're going for four hours, a 12 pack might, might do you, but. No, no, well, it's a it's a three day long weekend when I normally go to the cottage. So, luckily, my buddy, yeah, I have to have more. Well, sometimes I have other things as well. (laughs) I'll find whatever uh, whatever appeals to me, and then I'll still run out. My buddy has to supply me with more, which is fine. Kind of system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, do you like in terms of the, the actual brainstorming? Like, is it all on you? Is it all on your shoulders, or do you sort of collaborate with the other writers? in order to obtain ideas. And then what's the turnaround? I don't know if you mentioned this earlier. I might've just missed that part, but like what's the turnaround when you start like a blog or an article, like how long does that take you to get that finished? Yeah, I think for most of the content, the writers come up with it themselves. Like, hey, I wanna do a story on this. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I have to make sure we haven't done it already before. And you know, we're not too heavy on one brewery, whatnot. But um, there'll be some stories that I'll come across my 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 desk, my email. I don't have a desk, um, and I'll be like, "Hey, can you can you cover this?" Because um, I can only do so much, right? Um, and so so I'll, I'll assign some stuff out, but people will just come up with their ideas, like, "Hey, I'm drinking this beer. I want to write about it," or "I went to this brewery. I think it's really cool. I want to write about this." And so that's how we kind of just handle that content going out. And you know, usually I'll get pitches uh, pretty often. There are some breweries that have PR firms they pitch us a lot, but we also make sure we can't just cover them, right? Because breweries that have PR firms are going to come to us a lot more often than the small breweries. And we have to make sure like, we're not just doing stories on them. So we'll go find other, other stories out there. And then when you, when you start doing a story, you, you know, kind of think who else could I talk to for this? Right. So if I'm doing a story about Cezanne's, you know, I want to think, okay, so who in Chicago is making a Cezanne? And then I want to make sure, you know, who we talked to, who, who, who haven't we talked to, who's well-known, who's not so as well-known. And I would say from start to finish, it can vary, right? Um, a beer showcase can take me an hour to write, whereas the Black IPA was several interviews, uh, some over email, some over the phone, a little bit longer writing. I think that was like a, probably like 1,600 words, which the average story is five to 800 words. So it was a much longer story. And that one probably take, you know, that one takes a, a lot longer, but it's, it's a more in-depth piece. And I actually like writing those. I'd, I'd rather do not quality over quantity, because I think everything is at least of a certain quality, but the the more in-depth, like multiple interviews, I, I would like to say like three or four voices in the industry for a story is great. We can't always do that in a short time frame, but um, you know, stories can take quick turnaround to a week or two. We're, we're doing a couple right now um, on Chicago breweries um, that were part of Rat Magnets or, or Brianne's. Uh, I'm not going to use her Instagram handle, but uh, Brianne's uh, posts. And so we started doing a deep dive and we've been doing coverage on those research for two weeks because we have to make sure we get it right. We have to talk to the right people. We have to do our interviews and we're not going to rush that story. But when it comes out, I think it's going to be very well done. Um, one of our national editors who's also based in Chicago is 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 kind of taking the lead on that. I was on a couple of interviews with him and he's going to be writing that one. So take your time there. There's no need to rush. That's crazy. Yeah. You guys are really big. Like, is there a reason you guys focus mostly, and I could be wrong about this, but it's all, it's mostly written pieces that you're all, it's all the written word, but then mm-hmm. Mike Zoller on his, on his Instagram is quite video heavy. Like, so is there like talk to talk internally of you guys shifting a little bit to offer more potential audio or visual content for beer? 
or is that yeah. or you guys are sort of stuck in your roots and and confident in, in your writing abilities no so we we do a podcast called the porch cast um COVID has hindered that a little bit Tristan likes to go on site and do those conversations so we definitely have um a podcast that's not as regular right now but I think we'll get back to it video content is interesting there's a lot of work to do high quality video content and I don't think we're there just yet I mean if you look at my Instagram stuff my reels like that's just my cell phone like there's there's no fancy editing there I don't have the time for that right I, I'm one of those people that I'm going to record it I'll do a couple takes maybe if I can't get my lip sync down right but I'm not in I'm not an iMovie editing like I see some of these you know TikToks and reels that are just like really really well done lots of editing apps to use and I'm like I don't have the time for that I'm just gonna make these and if people like them, great. If not, I don't care. Um, you know, the video portion of my account really started maybe six months ago. And, you know, I was always just doing photos and I kind of, you know, I, I work in social media and I kind of saw the writing, mm -hmm. like video is king. Video is what people want. And I was like, what's TikTok? And I started like looking, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I, I was <laughs> terrified of being on video. I, I like, if you look at anything prior to maybe I don't know, August, 2020, you never saw my face. If you saw my face, something was wrong. I was drunk or someone got a photo of me because like, I just didn't want to be on camera. That's and then so we're sitting funny. around, I know. And, and then, then we're sitting around in COVID. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make one. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a TikTok. I'll see what happens. And I was like, all right, you know what? It's, it's not the end of the world. Who cares? You know, my wife loves me for who I am. She knows I'm doing this. She'll laugh at me sometimes, <laughs> but I'm not trying to impress anybody. And and then I started making more and they started catching on and I had a couple of TikToks go viral. I was like, oh, this is kind of crazy. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it means literally nothing to go viral. Like you don't get money or anything, but it's just kind of cool and fun. And people, you know, leave you comments. And I started posting the Instagram and the reels and people were like, hey, these are great. Like, thank you for making. I was like, okay, I'll keep doing it. Um, Got to balance the content. I just can't be bashing milkshake IPAs all day. So I have to make sure I'm not just doing that. But um now I'm totally fine with it and of course as you do video you go out to breweries and there's like you're the you're the TikTok you're the guy, TikTok guy. <laughs> the and, TikTok guy. And, and you find out just how incredibly socially awkward you are when someone's like here I'm like yeah that's me <laughs> thanks I just I have like my go-to questions like if I don't know what to say and I'm probably showing my my hand right now I'll be like what are you drinking even if they're not drinking anything I'm just like that's just what I say because I don't know like, I'm I'm not, I'm socially awkward in those situations and so I'm trying to get better there because you know people will say hi to me I'm like hey that's like really cool that you saw me and wanted to say hi and, and I just like want to like not be weird when someone says hi to me beer and content creators are with TikTok are becoming huge now I'm trying yeah. very hard to not join TikTok by yeah. any means well, I, was, I was saying that to the drug. guys it, it looks like it and it i'm is. trying very hard i i call me old-fashioned because when it comes to videos <laughs> i want to be i want to be editing my own stuff i i want i want the quality there i feel like tiktok it's all the same quality no i'm not bashing it because there's some things out there that are pretty magnificent that people do on their own still trying very hard not to fall for the trap though we it is like such yeah, a we whole, have, it's a, yeah yeah, we do. We have TikTok too, but we're no, like, we just, it's hard. It's hard. Like, it's hard. Like you said, you, like, you get lots of views, Mike. And like, I believe that some of your stuff has gone viral, but it's, it's tough. Like, it you is. haven't had anything even come close to going viral. <laughs> and, and the thing with TikTok is I couldn't tell you what goes viral and what doesn't. Like, I made some and I was like, this, this might do well. And it did like 500,000 views. I was like, that did really well. And then I was saying, this one, this one's pretty good. Like I put a lot of work in this one and it gets like 300 views. I'm like, okay, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, but what's cool is like, I, I'll push this up to Instagram where my phone is a little bit bigger there. And so I like, try to see the correlation, like how are these doing? And, you know, I feel like it's probably, I've gone down such a deep rabbit hole, um, but, but it's been fun. And at the end of the day, like, there's no money in this. It's just me being stupid at home during a pandemic, making people laugh, hopefully, getting people mad at me in some cases, and just going with it. Just well, starting a, a beer war. Fun, right? As soon as it does become fun, then it's like, then it's a job, right? You gotta, you gotta make, right. make it fun. Yeah, I agree. Right. If, if, sure. if I ever wake up one morning, like, oh, God, I gotta film a TikTok today, I'm done. Like, <laughs> like if, if that's, if I feel like I have to do it, then it's no longer yeah. fun. I did, th I did three before jumping on the on uh, on the podcast tonight. 
I had three ideas. Yeah. I had three sounds. I'm like, and these don't take me long as I'm not investing a lot of time in them. So I can shoot them real fast. Sometimes like I wear the same shirt in all of them. So I have to space them out because it's like, he's, he's wearing the same shirt and using the same beers as props. What's going That's on the there? Same amount of facial hair. And right. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Like if, if I don't get a haircut, I could see, oh yeah, that was just before the haircut. Like I, I have 67 in my drafts ready to go. Wow. Okay. Because they're so they're they're so quick to make, but I'm only doing one a day, and I'm posting usually Monday through Thursday. Um, <laughs> I post at the same time, about five o'clock central. But yeah, like I just make a bunch. But like I was like, I was like, like, oh yeah, I have a lot of my drafts. Like, do I post more? And I know I, I think the rule on TikTok is like they say to go big, you have to post like three or four times a day. I'm like, I don't have that much content. I'd be out oh, in two dear weeks. God. That's like, a lot. What are, yeah. What are people doing? And I follow some people on there. This this one. TikTok account. She does post like four or five times a day. She has 20,000 followers. Some of her, some of her stuff, I'm like, yeah, oh, that's pretty good. Some of her stuff, I'm like, okay. But like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do three or four times a day. I, I just be me to, you know, sitting there drinking beer, like third time yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so, is there like, I guess it's, it's none of our business, but is there like a method behind the madness, <laughs> Mike, like in terms of like you do do like you have really cool you have a great i don't have you on tiktok i don't really do we don't do enough on tiktok um to follow that many people but is there a reason like is that more for your position at porch drinking is that to to create and fuel your own beer brand like is there give us the the scoop what's it all about mike ah it's a really good question um i'm gonna say it's my own beer brand Mm -hmm. because I don't even know how, why I got into why I got into TikTok. I think I I actually use TikTok because I'm bigger on Instagram, but Instagram Reels are nowhere near as good as TikTok. So I use TikTok as a vehicle to Reels, and TikTok has just kind of taken its own thing. Um, it's funny because as we're talking, I, I posted one today, and as we as we've been talking, I see my phone blow up. I'm like, oh god, what just happened on TikTok? And like, one is doing very well right now, and this one that's out there, it's already gotten six thousand views in less than two hours. And I was like, this one, this one wasn't even hard to film. It was me jumping down a flight of stairs with a beer, going woo, and I'm like, wow, like that that resonated with the audience. Like, okay, like surprise, but. If, 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 you know, I think if, if people laugh and they're, and they're enjoying the content, that's great. And um, that to me is what's most important. I don't really care about anything else. I'll probably post one tomorrow that will bomb and I'll come back on mm-hmm. Sunday or Monday and do it again. And we'll see what happens. But no, I mean, I think social media has been such a, such a cool thing in beer. There's so much you can do with it. And as someone who works in social media, I like it. I love it. And I want some more of it. <laughs> Great answer. Which, by the way, there's something in my drafts using the, um, who sings that song? I like it. Um, uh, Miley, Tim McGraw? Cyrus, Miley Cyrus' dad. That's his name. Is it Tim McGraw? No. no. Um, Billy Ray. Billy Ray. Billy Ray. Billy Ray. Is it Billy Ray? I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. I think Either so. Way. Maybe not. Either. But I, I don't, not. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I thought know. it was Tim I McGraw. It might be Tim McGraw. Yeah, but but either way, like I heard that sound and I was like, oh, I'm gonna make something about that, and that's where we're at. Here we are. Mm. I feel like that's good too. Like those ideas that just come to you and you make, you know, whether you're making a post about it or a video or something, but that keeps sort of your creative edge, you know, hot. Uh, like I, obviously, Andy, Andy's the the brainchild behind all of our like great video content and whatnot at, at Rolling Cups, and I have like a video once in a while, but like video idea, I suppose once in a while, but I'm. I can't bring myself to to put the camera on it and get behind it. So, but I, I like to think that, you know, those ideas keep your creative edge going. Social media these days, it's, you need that, right? You do. I, I think it's something because you say creative and like, I think there are so many more creative people on TikTok than me. It's like the guy who just jumps down a flight of stairs and it's like, yeah, that does it. But like, no, I agree. There, there's, I actually like TikTok because I like watching some videos where people are like truly talented. And they have millions of followers. And I'm like, yeah, this is really cool stuff. Then you have me over here, like just doing the same beer joke over and over again. But I think what, what works on TikTok and, and Reels is people relate to it, right? People see something on beer. It's like, yeah, that's, that's so-and-so. Right. Or, or that's me in the group. The, I did the, um, the full house, right? The full, the full house, like the, 
here's the craft beer gang and like the four different types of people in your craft beer group and like people loved it they're like that's so and so and like i think people just relate to that they're like yes like he's not creative he's just saying what we're all thinking and he has it on video <laughs> that's why we're here so uh, be relatable yeah for sure exactly be relatable yeah that's really cool i well i guess i'll i'll go in a quick little different direction mike but since you're connected with a bunch of beer journalists and beer blog writers and people from all over the US in terms of their beer knowledge. Like in terms of Chicago, what's something that you perceive through your reading and through the folks you speak with, something in Chicago other than its massive size, which is quite impressive, something that's particularly unique in the craft beer scene that, that that really makes Chicago stand out? I'm gonna say this very fast without thinking about it too deeply. Right. I think it's the sheer variety of styles you can find really well done in the city. And so I think about, we have Dovetail and Metropolitan and Goldfinger that are doing really just like lager focus and they do them so well. Like if you look at my post, like. I will drink any of those beers from any of those breweries anytime. That's what I want to be drinking. But then we also have the breweries that are doing hazy and milkshakes really, really well. And that's really important for a specific type of beer drinker. And we do those incredibly well. Then we have our, our barrel program. I would say that I would probably say that Chicago has the best barrel program, breweries with the best barrel programs anywhere in the country, uh, hands down, from, from Goose, Cruz Blanca, Revolution, Beguile, you know, I start, I start talking and it's like, I can't forget everybody, but like, see, I'm trying to think there's one other one, Crystal Lake Brewing, which people don't even know about. Um, we have, we have such great variety. And so when people say, I'm coming to Chicago, what four breweries should I visit? I'm like, honestly, I would send you to any of our breweries and you're going to have a good time because you can't make it in Chicago if you don't make good beer. And so there's, there's no bad place to go. So I usually have to ask them like, okay, where are you staying? How far can you go? And I'll try to get you in that, in that location um, because there, there is no bad place to go. And I think what I really love is that we have a bunch of breweries that do a lot of styles really, really well. So I can feel confident. Like, even if you don't know exactly what you like, I can send you to Revolution because you're going to find stouts. You're going to find lagers. You're going to find IPAs. You're going to find sours. And you're gonna love any of them. They, like I, Revolution just is crushing it right now. Or you might say, "Hey, I'm really into this type of beer. I know where to send you." Um, and so I think that's what's really unique about Chicago is that you know you can you can find any style really well done. I think here in the city. A variety like a great, is a great awesome. slogan. Half acre too. I as I'm finishing beer, like they have everything: stouts, hazy, like yeah, half acre is great. And a lot of our places have food too, which is awesome. Yeah, can't go wrong. A lot of would you say a lot of them are like brew pubs, like they have their own food, or do they rely on food trucks? You see that food trucks tend to be a, a pretty popular trend in, in and around mm -hmm. the Toronto area. Yeah, I, I'd say it's probably a mix right now. Um, Revolution has a brew pub; they also have a production brew, uh, facility. Forbidden Root has fantastic food. Uh, Forbidden Root, Revolution. Who else has? See again, like I started going. Oh, Cruz Blanca, Haymarket. They all have food there. Um, um, what am I thinking? Oh my God, I'm blanking on the name. John Brands, your brewery. I'm sorry, John, if you're listening to this, I'll have to figure it out. I have to find it now. But um, we have so many great breweries of food and then a lot of them will do food trucks as well. Uh, I think what's really cool is Beguile and Dovetail. They are right next to each other and they actually share, like they can, they have festivals where they can actually put their common spaces together and they have a bunch of food trucks come out and open outcry. That's John Brand. Uh, they have great pizza, but uh, Beguile and Dovetail can, um, can share the space. They don't have food, but they can bring in a bunch of food trucks and you can go to one brewery, get some food, go to another brewery, walk literally across the street and there you are. So um, it's just such a fun beer city. Like there's so much to do, so much to try. Like you can't do every brewery even in a weekend. I tried once. I tried to write an article like here's how you get to every brewery in Chicago in a weekend. Like you'll be dead. <laughs> you, can't do, you cannot do it. You mentioned uh, beer fests earlier. Um, how often do you do beer fests in Chicago? And is every brewery that you know about in those locations? Because if you want to visit every brewery, well, that might be your chance. Yeah, that's true. Um, I love beer fests. Um, 
there are probably a handful of the ones that like I will go to, you know, for port drinking. And there are some that are more mainstream, just like your, your standard offerings, which I think are still great for people just to go and have fun. But there are some beer centric ones. Um, Fobab, the festival of, of wooden barrel aged beers is probably the best well-known barrel aged beer festival. Uh, that's the premier one of the country. You will get very, very, I want to say drunk. You'll be in a good place at the end of that one, but it's fantastic. You can try some of the rarest beer there. So Fobab is great. Beer Under Glass is one of my favorites. That's put on by our, our craft beer guild. Um, so the guild that's, and they just announced it's going to be back for um, for August, which is cool. It's usually in May. COVID's going to push it. So it'll be the last weekend of August this year. Microphone puts on Smells Like a Beer Festival. I love that one. Uh, they've been camp. They did a, something. They did a little like guided tasting this year, which is kind of cool to adapt a little bit. But yeah, you know, we have a lot of beer festivals here. Like you can probably go to a beer festival once a week from May to August. Oh wow! And, oh yeah, yeah. Like you, there's there's so many beer festivals. There's one at Soldier Field where the Bears play. Uh, that's usually in May. I think there's probably more that I'm I'm forgetting. Again, I I say these things. I'm like, oh, I can't forget anybody. But there's lots of beer festivals. It's just too many. Too many. There's beer festivals so much. Yeah. I do. I'm oh, glad yeah. to see they're. I'm glad to see they're. They're coming back. They are yeah. Coming back. Same. I think we have three. Honestly, I think we just have the well, like two in on the Ontario side in the Ottawa area, and then Festibier in Quebec. We have quite a few. Yeah, there's a couple in Toronto, like Cash Days, Toronto Toronto Craft Beer Festival, the Festival of Beer. It's like fresh hot, wet, wet hop fest, which is actually one of them I miss the most because they solely dedicate it to wet hop or fresh hop type beers uh, in and around the fall when it, they get very popular. Um, it's smaller, but I think it's one of the sort of the unsung heroes of craft beer festivals. Super cool, but yeah, hasn't been around for two years now. Well, I, think you, I think you got, like, I think probably Chicago, you're quite you're probably a couple months, like most major U.S. cities, you're probably a couple months ahead of us in terms of getting back to normal. Like, I think, like, we're still, things aren't open here oh. in, in Toronto. Like, things are just starting to open up now. Yeah. But I think, like, Chicago, you've been up and running for a couple months, I think. Yeah, I would say, like, we were in June. So I'd say, like, early to mid-May, we were, like, it kind of feels like normal, right? Um, you don't need to wear a mask outside some places require them inside, some don't. Wow. You know, we have a lot of vaccination, but yeah, it, it feels like we're kind of in that normal phase now. Like, yeah, you might have to wear a mask to your table, but then you're good. Everything's open. I think actually like next week we're in phase five, which is the, we're back to normal. Here we are. Um, but, but yeah, so it is, it's a little like unnerving a little bit you know it's like okay you like it's funny like I, wa- I walked into a an ice cream parlor last night with some friends and and i didn't wear a mask and i was like this is weird like we're just yeah. we're just ordering ice cream without a mask on like this is crazy <laughs> nuts but but that's where we're at now and like we're starting to do a little bit more traveling you know there's there's beer festivals there's one in madison called great taste of the midwest they just announced that's gonna happen so be traveling there wow. um Great American Beer Fest is not happening this year, at least for the public. So it'll be in 2022. So you're starting to, you're starting to like, here we go. Like, and it's weird because like it's it's not anything like crazy. We're just doing what you did <laughs> prior to March 2020, but it feels really weird because of what's happened the last 15 months. Well, yeah, like listening to you, it sounds like a dream because like we're not we're yeah. not there at all yet. Like there's like craft breweries aren't even. I don't think maybe like today we started. We, we oh yeah because today was like the, the stop of the lockdown but even then yeah. it's still restricted capacity like i think they might be able to let five people inside but that's yeah. not it it's just people oh, are relying wow. on patios still it's like the saving grace for a lot of places and you all know as being in canada like you don't have year-round availability for that just like in chicago whereas like Same, you know yeah. some of like the, the the down south like oh yeah we've just been outside the whole time like no <laughs> chicago like from from whenever it gets cold and we had a hellish february here like really feet and feet of snow um i think at one point we had like 30 inches of snow i'm sorry i don't know what the metric trends but like 30 inches of snow mm-hmm. it was like it was like hell here and i was like friends in arizona and florida like oh yeah where's that i'm like yeah i can't go outside like my door is <laughs> yeah. literally snowed in i would love to walk outside um and so i think once the weather got warmer chicago kind of got like that 
we can breathe again. We can go support people. Like I'm actually really surprised only a couple of breweries closed in the city during the pandemic. And, and obviously it, you, you never want to see that, but it could have been, I feel like it could have been a lot worse. And so I think that that's a testament to the beer drinkers of the city to go out and support local during this time, go get curbside to go support as much as you can, whenever you can. And so to see us knock on wood, come out on the other side of this, where most of the breweries are still around is, is a good thing to see. It's so good. I want to see one go under, that's for sure. So only, yeah, only a couple closed, eh? I think only one that I know of in the city closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but yeah, I mean, no one else, it, it got, it got touchy there. Like I remember talking to people early on the pandemic, they're like, we have until this day. And then luckily that day came and they're like, we're still good. Like people are supporting us. We got the, the, the loans and all that. I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to be good. And then once, once like March, April hit this year, people are like, we can see the light. Um, as, as things open up, as people get vaccinated. And now again, like I said, like it kind of feels, th- there are some breweries that still don't have their tap rooms open. Um, it's personal choice. Some have them, some don't, but it's, it's amazing how many breweries have outdoor spaces now. Mm-hmm. Whereas a year ago, they did not have outdoor spaces. So that's kind of a good thing that they stay. That's so cool. That's the one, one of the cool effects of COVID is that get to take some of the space potentially for, for patio space. Yeah, it helped it helped some breweries evolve a little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You found you found you had systems you didn't know you had, and I hope some of them keep it. You know, I love the online ordering uh, yeah, in some places, the curbside to go, the delivery. Like we shouldn't be making it harder for people to sell beer right um it's just beer let them sell it regulate it tax it whatever you got to do but make it easy so micah i'm gonna ask you where would you go in chicago what brewery would you go to get the best (sighs) chicago style pizza Ooh, okay am i going to a brewery for that or just where do i go for the best pizza gotta go to a brewery maybe next question just the best chicago okay well breweries for pizza that's open outcry. They have great wood-fired pizza. Open outcry. It's funny. Chicago is so big that open outcry is probably about a 35-minute drive from me, but they're still in the city. So um, open outcry has great pizza, but it's not Chicago style. It's just wood-fired, whatever. It's good. Mm-hmm. For deep dish Chicago style, which by the way, Chicagoans don't really eat that. Like, let's just clear this. Cl- let's clear the air here, right? No, 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 I don't no. tell us. We well, go, no, don't we say that. Go, we Come only go on. deep dish pizza when people are in town and they want to try deep dish pizza. We're all eating. Oh, that's a tourist style. thing. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. there, there are some good ones. Believe me, there are some great deep dish style people. Like I, we, we eat tavern style. That's the thin crust, super like super cracker. Like it's it's great because. Yeah, I mean, you, you just can't do it. But, but, I, of course, I've lived in Chicago my entire life. I will tell you that there are some great deep dish style pizzas. Um, number one for me is Pequod's. And that's the one that the tourists don't hear about, right? You, you hear about Luminati's, Gino's, Uno's, Giordano's. Giordano's is where I went. Yeah. 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 They're, they're all good. There's nothing wrong with them. But where, if I, if you, if my wife said, like, hey, I want deep dish pizza tonight, we're going to Pequod's. That's the best one. Um, I know. So, so there you go. So that's the, that's the quiet one. That's where the locals go. If we want deep dish, that's where we go. Um, I also love Lumonati's. So, um, you know, and they've actually expanded throughout the country now, but, um, but Lumonati's is is my, it's right up there with Pequod's. If if I'm going for deep dish, those are the two places I'm going for, but I don't go for deep dish that often. (laughs) Oh, What's I, want to, I, mean, I, sorry, I just ruined now. everyone's thoughts of Chicago. Yeah, you know. Know. We're just sitting here eating these casseroles of pizza. Like, <laughs> like these things take an hour to make. Yeah, they're they're so heavy. Like two slices, and you're done for the night. But that's but, the best part. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and here's the thing. I think if you live here, you had access. Like when people come here, like I gotta try it. Like absolutely get it. It's delicious. But like if you live here, you just can't eat that. Like if you want a pizza on a Friday night. You're probably not going for deep no, dish. Uh, <laughs> you're going for you're going for thin crust or wood fire. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's funny because like people like come here. It's like where do you go? I'm like Pat's Pizza, which is like delicious, but it's like super thin. Yeah, it is a little bit gluttonous, isn't it? If that was your weekly pizza, yeah, yeah, it it is. But again, it's so good. But yeah, we're not eating that on a weekly. Or I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you the last time I had Chicago deep dish pizza. Actually, 
Well, yeah, I couldn't tell so. you. Couldn't tell you. Sorry. Sorry to sorry to burst that fantasy bubble. I was gonna, I'd, be, I'd be lying if I say I wasn't a little disappointed. But yeah, I'm, it, it makes I'm total disappointed. sense. I, I don't think you think I just like pull up a slice, like <laughs> yeah, here it is. Like, uh, yeah, just kidding. I <laughs> <laughs> no, no I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I wish I could have better news for you. <laughs> well, you heard it here. It is what it is. <laughs> was there anything that? Mike, as we um, come close to the end, is there anything in terms of like craft breweries that are popping up, like anything that's coming to the city that's particularly interesting in the next few months? Like anything to, to, to really keep one's eye out for if they're in the Chicago area, if they're going to be in Chicago, what like your, your two cents on, I know it's difficult. We say that right. too. Like I, we don't, we definitely understand that. Like what's the best brewery? It's like, come on, that's too right. That's a ridiculous question, particularly in a, a strong beer, urban center of Chicago. But just a general, like something to really look forward. Maybe just we could talk like the summer, something that's that's something interesting in terms of beer in Chicago for the summer. You know, I, I think with the pandemic, there's nothing like unique happening. Like this is the event you got to go to. I think it's just getting back out there, getting to go back outside, eat, drink in a tap room. And just supporting all the breweries we have. Um, again, like like I said earlier, if someone comes to Chicago and says, "Where should I go?" I'll I'll list every single brewery, but I'll probably ask you where where are you going to stay. You know, I think I, I like to say like it's not the best, right? There, there's no such thing as the best. You'll see on Porching, can we actually change that? We used to do like the best three breweries, the new breweries of 2020 or 2019. We stopped that. We said, "What's our favorite?" Because beer is so subjective. Mm-hmm. It's it's all subjective, right? I don't like milkshake IPAs, but other people love them. I'm not right. They're not wrong. All that. Like, you know, so now everything is our, you know, the favorite things we have. And like, you know, I'll always do like my favorite beers I had in 2020, because one, I didn't have every single beer that was released in 2020. I can't tell you it's the best. I think um, we got to get off that, that, that train of like, what I'm saying is, is the best. This is what goes like, no, like, here's what I really like what you really like is, is your thing. So whenever, whenever someone asks me for recommendations, or anything like that I always have to ask them a few more questions because I don't want to send you to the wrong place. Like I, I know who's doing what styles really well. And I want to make sure you have the best experience when you come to Chicago. So, so when people are asking me, like, I just want to learn a little bit more about what you prefer. And then I might tell you like, Hey, try this. If you're open to, you know, going, going down the path of something new, but you know, Chicago, I think we're, we're kind of set up for a really fun summer here. We have so many, you know, obviously I think the, the um, music uh, outdoor festivals are coming back. The brewery patios are going to be open. The tap rooms are opening up. I think this summer it's more of the let's exhale, support local as best we can. And we'll get back into the beer festival starting in August. I think that's when kind of when the first ones start up again. And, and we'll get there. And there'll be some cool, there'll be some cool collaborations that happen. There'll be some cool events that happen. But I think for the next couple of months, it's just, how many breweries can I go visit, drink local support, and take pictures of and do funny TikToks on? Sounds like a great time. Very well said. We can't wait to get back out there for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, Garrett and I, we, during last year when things were, restrictions were a little bit looser, we, we created our Ontario Brewery Series where we ventured out of the metropolis of Toronto to visit some of the smaller cities to, to really showcase, well, like craft beer isn't just an urban phenomenon, like you can go to amazing medium or small size locations and find amazing craft beer. So we definitely have ambitions to, to go south of the border into the US as well. And, and we are inviting ourselves to have you host us in Chicago. Sound good? Come on out, come on out. Just let me know when you're gonna be here. Um, and I will, I will personally escort you wow. to some of my favorite spots. Um, Cause I definitely, I definitely say like, I have some thoughts I tend to gravitate to more. We're just like, I like the vibe. I like the beer. But again, you can't go wrong. There's there's no bad brewery in Chicago. I can honestly say that. Wow. I like that quote. Great news. Start with yeah. deep dish. You'll fall asleep. You won't have the energy to go drink beer. <laughs> Challenge accepted. I'll take that. We'll, we'll see. Such a carb <laughs> overload. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They, going back a little bit, the that very first article that you mentioned with the girlfriend in the six month, is that your wife now? 
Yes, in 2012. That is oh, my so wife. it worked out. <laughs> it did. It did. Perfect. She uh, she has been very, very awesome with how this beer thing has evolved from the time we first met to to today. Um, she's very um, flexible when we travel. I'm like, hey, I want to try this brewery. She goes, okay, we'll go, we'll go. And and she has started to like. She has started to like more beer. She loves IPAs and hazy IPAs. I know what she likes and what she doesn't like. So I try to find breweries that she will appreciate. Um, yep. But yes, yes. Um, no, she's been great. I love her very much. So she won't listen to this. So I'm just, just, just plugging <laughs> her right now. But no, she, uh, she has been great throughout this entire journey. And um, she has agreed to help me film TikToks if I ever need her. But I haven't needed her yet yeah. because I'm not that, I'm not that in, in depth with these things yet. It's just me <laughs> holding the phone. Give it a couple months, Mike. We'll see. Give we will see. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Mike Zoller, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Mike had an awesome time. I know I learned a lot about Chicago, making me want to travel even more, particularly to Chicago. I've only been to the city once, but it was an amazing trip. Can't say, can't say enough great things. And actually, like Chicago's weird. It's like a bizarro Toronto. Like they actually, the cities remind me of like they're quite similar in a lot of ways. Like they're kind of the same size. They're both on Great Lakes. Like, yeah, they're kind of similar. Big sports. Here's, here's what we're going to do. Y'all are going to come to Chicago this summer. Whenever. You let me know. We're going to do thin crust style first. We're going to do some breweries. We're going to do an Italian beef sandwich. Ooh. And we'll get to the deep dish eventually. But you got to come for the beef and the thin crust pizza. All right. So a, a Cubs game. For sure. Oh yeah, Cubs game too, of course. Of course. All, right. All right, Mike. Ooh, let's thank do you. it on a day that Packers play the Bears. Oh yeah, <laughs> Garrett's a Packers fan. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we don't have a we'll, team. We'll here, talk so. about that. that. That's a whole other episode. We're of still coming to Chicago. Game. You're still yeah. gonna host me. I'm coming. <laughs> That's why I left it until after you said we can come, and then I mentioned that. That's fair. Man of my word. Man of my word. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thank you so much. Cheers, Thanks, Mike. Right. Thanks everyone. Thank you, Mike. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you for listening as well. You can help my podcast grow by sharing my podcast with family and friends and subscribe on whichever platform from where you're listening. Also, check out my Instagram at beergotmehere for beer photos and future beer reviews. For more information on Rolling Hops Beer Tours, their website and a link to all their media is in the episode description. We will see you in the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.